with your host, Wayne Noon, Frank Marvel, Uncle Saxon, and Pete Peters. So uh, I guess let's just start the show. I mean, we usually do the show live, but I I don't know if you saw my message saying I wrote I can't do it live no more. It's just too much of a pain. So yeah, I did see that, but that's cool. Listen, we'll, we'll so I'm the first shot of uh, being pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> usually what our show ends up being because <laughs> you now Greg's already laughing because half the time we do the show and it doesn't work anyway. So just stupid technical problems always. Yeah, yeah. We call it we call it in the business pre-rec. And then afterwards, it's post-wreck, and then during the middle, it's just a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> like a fiscal wreck, yeah. Fiscal wreck. Exactly. You got it, brother. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, well, welcome to Rat Salad Review. Uh, today, we have uh, Anthony Fabrizi from the band Indestructible Noise Command, right? That's right. That's right. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's great to be on. No problem. Good to have you. It's an awesome album, too. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, when did we review that? It was two weeks ago? Um, yeah, I think it was uh, not too long ago. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was the first time I've listened to any of your albums. Yeah, um, I did. I did see you mention that in there, and uh, you were kind of a newcomer to our music. And uh, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I really liked it a lot. And then uh, these guys told me you guys had so many other albums, and you, and uh, I, I was like, really? I thought you guys were a new band. And I checked, and I saw all your new stuff. And what are you laughing at? <laughs> just we've been around. We've been around a long band, time, you know. <laughs> There's a small just... gap between albums two and three. Just a tiny little time lapse there. <laughs> just, just a bit, you know. Three, three decades doesn't count that much, does it? You know. <laughs> Not our old ass book. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I went back and saw all those albums, I'm like, now I have to go back and go buy all those. So thanks. Uh, Appreciate that. Definitely, because I really love that new album. So, and once I like a band, then I gotta get everything. So, that's just how I am. (laughs) Well, that's a true fan, and we wish everyone was like you. (laughs) Unfortunately, not everybody is, but hey. Oh, okay. Well, well, all right, you. Okay, you. (laughs) And a little bit of Greg too. Um. So, actually, when did uh, when did the band actually start out? So we originally formed back in uh, 1985 uh, wow. in, when we were in high school. Um, uh, Dennis, Dennis and Eric have been friends uh, since grade school. And uh, uh, Eric and I ended up in the same high school down in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And uh, he, um, he was a couple years ahead of me in high school. And, and, I, um, and I knew he had um played guitar was into music because he he had long hair you know and i had long hair and we're walking around the hallways of school and he had his uh um, metallica denim vest on and you know and i had my you know megadeth you know t-shirt on so we ended up talking a bit and he's like yeah he was uh you know we got a band we do covers you want to join you know we need another guitar player so that's how it all started back in 1985 wow that's awesome uh Indestructible Noise Command also has the best cover of a Cars song ever. Just want to throw that out there since we mentioned covers. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, Which cover yeah. is that? Uh, that That's was what the... I needed in Candio. Oh, really? 
Okay. Yeah. Check uh, sorry, man. Didn't mean to cut I'm you off. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> no, no worries. That that was. Uh, yeah, that was on our second album, The Visitor, and, um, you know, we kind of did that as just to have fun with it. Obviously, we didn't do, you know, true homage to that song the way it was originally written by the Cars, but, you know, we were a, a young bunch of crazy teenagers, and, and, uh, and you know, remember, we grew up in the 70s, so, um, you know, even though early Black Sabbath and, and Led Zeppelin and you know, early Judas Priest Scorpions were all big, big influences in our, in our, our um, up, upon us. And, and many of the reasons why we picked up instruments and wanted to be in a band, there was, however, always that parallel of uh, bands like Foreigner and the Cars from that genre, who still had, a, you know, just a little bit of an edge to them in that time, but they were they were considered rock and roll. And uh, and I remember being a kid listening to those songs and Eric and Dennis did as well. And we said, hey, we should do a cover. And and I think we were one day at rehearsal, we just started, somebody started the song. We all joined in and, um, and I think we wrote it on the spot, like in a couple of minutes, we kind of tweaked it to the way it is on the album. So. That's really cool, man. <laughs> yeah. in, my, yeah. in my mind, my fantasy mind, you were listening to Black Flag's first album. Or I'm I'm sorry, Bad Brains first album, oh, and you man. saw Rick Ocasek was on it, and you're like, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Do a Cars cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was that was uh, definitely um, had to do with our you know our childhood and influences we drew, drew upon, and uh, that's what uh, how the cover kind of manifested itself, and and it used to go over pretty well live too. People kind of liked it, so uh, who knows? Maybe we'll bring it back one day. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome to see. Are you doing um, any kind of touring or anything for this album, or? So, yeah, we we just committed to the uh, the full Terror Assault Festival in uh, Cave and Rock, Illinois. Um, that's in September. Uh, so we just committed to that. They're gonna they announced us on that show. Uh, we are gonna tie in some dates, probably before and after uh, that festival. Uh, one being here in our home state of Connecticut. Uh, which we haven't played in a while, and hopefully in the um, a little bit on the East Coast area, and as we head out to uh, to Illinois. Hmm. Really cool. Are you coming to New York at all? I, I don't know. I, I think uh, that's all of that's kind of up in the air right now. It it all depends. Uh, the challenge, the logistical challenge that we face as a band is uh, uh, Eric lives out of the country. Uh, oh really? Flies- yeah, he flies in for gigs. Uh, Kyle recently moved to Colorado, so we're kind of have a little bit of a oh, separation wow. between us now, wow. and uh, some challenges to overcome. But we, uh, but when we get uh, gig offers, we band together. They fly in. We uh, we do a couple rehearsals, then we head out and do shows. So it's it's all a matter of what's put presented before us, and uh, we try to make it work. Wow, real cool. How did you guys record the album? Did you like get into a room or a studio together, or do you send files online? And yeah, you know? exactly uh, the latter. So we um, going back to 2010's um, "Heaven Sent Hellbound." Eric was already uh, living out of the country and has been for quite a number of years now, and uh, so he started uh, recording in his home studio. He would email the file over to Dennis and myself. Uh, we would give it a listen and um, start to learn it. We'd um, make some the appropriate changes we feel it needs. We send it back and forth until we have a, a refined song. Then we'd work on some lyrics. 
So the last three albums, actually, in fact, um, Heaven Sent Hellbound, Black Her Serenade, and, and this one being Terrible Things, were all um, written and recorded through the internet. Oh, wow. Well, I say recorded. We, re- we recorded in the studio, actually, but they were it was written okay. through the internet, and then ultimately yeah. we uh, converged on a studio and laid, on, laid down our individual parts. Oh, huh. nice. It came together really, really, really good. Great. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And you guys financed this whole album and everything by yourselves, right? We did. You know, we had a record label, but both for uh, Heaven Sent Hellbound and Black Her Serenade. Um, Black Her Serenade, we felt was it was a, a good effort on our part, and uh, we felt it was a good album, you know, for where we were in that time. And and uh, but we weren't happy with the way the record label handled. Um, the PR and the rollout of the album. You know, when you get more hands inside of something, um, everybody has an opinion or, or a thought process on how how uh, how the business end of things should go. And and I have to say, you know, for us as a band, uh, we're a bit of an anomaly in the industry to some degree. And I'll explain. You know, I think we know what's best for us. Um, we've kind of been that band that since the '80s, since we took that long overextended break in the eighties. We, uh, and reunited in 2010, we kind of did things on our own terms because we walked away from the industry and, uh, decided that, Hey, listen, we're going to build careers for ourselves. We're going to have families. And when we get back to doing, uh, the music of indestructible noise command, that's going to parallel our lives. Now, a lot of people take the, uh, the all in approaches where they'll start a band and they, they'll be fairly relentless, in their pursuit to try and achieve success. Right. Um, now, listen, uh, we don't fault anybody for that. Um, and I, I commend, I tip my hat for people. We wouldn't have as much great music as we would if bands didn't do that. But however, there's a lot of self-sacrifice that goes into that. And, uh, you know, we saw the writing on the wall many, many years ago and said, you know, uh, you know, uh, we want the plan B. I think that's better for us. And we'll come back and revisit the music, and we're we're kind of glad we did it that way. However, it does offer us some, as you can see, some limitations on the amount of time we could be on the road, right. and um, and uh, you know, in, when it gets back to the record label thing, it's um, you know, the record label wants you on the road constantly, the booking agents want you on the road constantly, and so does management. And uh, you know, that so trying to see how that, that was funny. What's that? And so do the fans. So do the fans, yeah. I know. And uh, listen, we're really trying to get out there and make and capitalize on it the best we can. However, you know, with with credence to our jobs, Dennis and I are career firefighters, and uh, you know, we just can't oh, drop cool. everything and leave for a long time. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, John, Greg, John, Greg, Greg, go. Okay. Well, uh, one thing I was wondering is, um, you know, this album is a real full-on thrash, just assault. Um, You know, what kind of led to that? I was just curious, because this one uh, sounded a lot uh, different to me than the last album, that's all. Right, and it is. Um, So, back in 2010, when we got back together, we were still uh, finding ourselves in... uh, um, uh, how how to write again, how to be a cohesive band again and uh, find our voice again, if you will, in, in metal. Um, 
you know, we had our old roots from the 80s, which was a very young and immature um, INC, if you will, for, for, for lack of a better term. You know, you fast forward 25 years later and you have guys who have been through a lot more in life and have experienced a lot more and um, have uh, a, a little bit more, I like to say, refinement in our in our playing skills and our attitudes. So we, uh, you know, that's going to be a reflection. But putting it all together and putting it down on a recording, um, you, you know, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like uh, taking up a new sport. You know, your first attempt at it is not going to be exactly what you want, but it's going to it's a representation of you, but it's going to get better in time. And the more you train with it, and that's how the kind of how the albums went as we saw it, you know, heaven sent Hellbound, our first album, uh, since we reunited was a little raw for us. We were trying to find our voice. Black Her Serenade was a little more refined, but it was still, um, it was still not exactly like, um, uh, it still didn't touch upon where we truly came from. And I think this album we really tried to go back and say, hey, we want to go back to how we got started and, and this, the find that voice that we really had back in the 80s, but with our oh, modern yeah. take. And that's what and I think that's what we accomplished on this one. And I really think we we um, came pretty close to hitting it on the head for, for us, for our satisfaction yeah. and the feedback from the fans. We're really pleased at the feedback we're getting. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I really think you guys did. You know, it's, it totally has um, that 80s thrash sound and feel to it. And, uh, um, you know, of course, it sounds like indestructible noise command, but um, it sounds so fresh, too, though. Yeah, um, th- that's that. Um, I think that's that mix of old, old and new, whereas, you know, you have the more... Um, you know, the maturity in, in each individual player, but yet we still retain that old school voice. And when we put that together and started writing, and I have to say this album uh, went a lot smoother and a lot easier than the than the last two. Um, and not that they were that difficult. I mean, we, we clashed a little bit, Dennis, Eric, and I, on the writing process and our thoughts and the path we should take. This one was very, very smooth. It was very relaxed. Um, Eric threw out his ideas musically, Dennis and I picked them up, refined them, and ran with it. We were writing lyrics, and, and it just um, it just flowed. I mean, we before we knew it, we had the complete album written, and uh, we were ready to record. And, and it, I, we were all very pleased. It wasn't it wasn't an arduous process at all. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I can tell too. Uh, just the feel of the record is just very natural. Alone, the uh, track listing is great. I love how the album flows. Yeah, it does flow really good. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Glad to hear that. I mean, then those are all the things you're touching on that, you know, behind the scenes when you're going through that writing process and the, uh, and the endless discussions we have, uh, man, you know, cause we toil over that on our end, like, uh, you know, what so, uh, you know, which songs are we going to put first? And, and there was, there was extra tracks that didn't make it to the record and to cut those tracks and, uh, and, and leave them aside, you, you question yourself, hey, how's the overall product going to sound when it's all put together and are we making the right moves? But I think you just follow your heart, you know, for yourself. If you do it first and foremost for yourself and the band, I think the fans kind of accept that and understand um, where you're going with it. And I think that's the, the true. It's a true representation of us. Um, it's a true representation of where we came from. And, I, and we had a, a strong feeling just from the 
the fan feedback we've been getting through our social media is that, you know, this is what they wanted. They're like, hey, you know, we miss the old school INC. And I think that's what kind of drove us in that direction to say, yeah, let's just strip it down and be who we are. Let's not try to, uh, you know, appease any any um, any current trends or anything of that nature. We are who we are here. Here it is. And take it or leave it. And I think there was the right time to do that. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a good choice. Yep. Definitely, yeah, and that—that's what it sounds like too. It's just Razorback, but evolved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Another nice thing I—I um, I really loved about this record is um, I love how Dennis's voice sounds on it. Um, I love his vocal style now. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh kind of to uh, touch on what you were saying, how it matured over the years, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he he was really, again, when we talk about trying to find your voice literally with Dennis, you know, back in 2010, I, I said, you know, we did Heaven Sent Hellbound. And then uh, when we were recording Black Curse, I'm like, you know, sing more. I said, your sweet spot is when you, you actually sing back like you did in the old school albums. And um, and then finally, when we were getting ready to record Terrible Things, I'm like, just go back to the late 80s, man, and sing like you did then. I go, because that's what the people want to hear. And that's your, I go, that's your happy place. That's your, you're dead on there. I go, that's, that's where you really deliver. And I said, and, uh, and I think the, the music is dictating that this time around for you to get back to those, that old school INC open, open voice power and those screams that he had that, you know, to this day, when I listen to some of that old stuff and he hits those high pitched screams, I'm like, that's it. That's, that's the Dennis Gurgley we want. And, uh, and I think he, yeah. he finally found his, uh, his place back there. I call it the happy, angry voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's angry, but he seems happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's right at home. Uh, Right at home being angry, I should say. We tease yeah. them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, the riffs is the other thing I just love about this record. <laughs> the guitar work is great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Eric worked really hard on the music portion of it. And, uh, and him, he and I, you know, did a lot of collaboration via Skype. And, uh, mm. you know... <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of Skype jams and uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, really, I, I think uh, it really represents that, that, um, like you said, oh, the old school still has that flavorful um, and tasty harmony, but yet that's still hard driving thrashy edge to it all blended in and um you know, with some catchy hooks to the to the choruses, and I think it makes for a nice combination. Made made for a decent record. Mm. Yeah, that's what got me is all those catchy you know chorus and things. It's that that really I mean, gets me. Go that's ahead. one of the best things about an ink record. You know, um, they're, mm. they're pissed off, but they're having fun. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think, you know, most artists, when you think about it, you write a song, you know, you want people to listen to it and want to make, hey, I want to listen to that again. And, and by the second time, they're they're already kind of singing along to some of those yeah. courses like in Declaration or Identifier. They're not that hard to learn. And if it leaves that impact on you when you're you're at work one day and you're singing that in your head, then I think we did our job, you know, that yeah, you did. Yeah, definitely. John, and, uh, John. <laughs> John, Uncle Saxon, 
I got I got so many questions. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm here. So many questions. Holy shit. Well, first you say a thrash edge. I I think this album is full throttle thrash. I, I don't I don't hear a thrash edge because we've we've had some other bands on that have had a thrash edge, and you know those are the cool songs on the album. This is full throttle thrash, man, <laughs> and I fucking That's... love it. I love every song on this album. Awesome, man. That, that, that is a that is a great compliment. And, uh, you know, it really humbles us when we hear that. Believe me, it's appreciated more than, you know. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I you know, I say thrash edge because, you know, I sit here and wonder, you know, I can't tell you the countless days and nights. And I sit here in my music room and practicing and, you know, and knowing the albums out there. And, I'm, you know, I sit here wondering, uh, what do people think of this? And, uh you know, like I said, you do get feedback. You go online, you read the reviews from the pros. You you go on, you read the Amazon reviews. But however, it's always great to hear it straight from the mouth of people who uh, appreciate your efforts and uh, to know that hey, hey, yeah, you know this this is a, a thrash record through and through because that is truly who we are. And um, and to know that it's it's bringing people um, that that level of enjoyment. They're like, yeah, this this is driving me through my day. I mean, to to us, that's the greatest compliment we can get. So, well, let me say it again. This is a full throttle thrash album. <laughs> <laughs> and and no no offense to my co-hosts, I'm 50. I lived through that shit. Yeah, you know, man. I I was there in the pit. I think I saw you at first half. I want to say that you were opening for a German band. Do you remember touring with a German band in like '89? Oh man, um, who do we who do we do shows with in '89? Good God, um, it was that First Avenue in Minneapolis. Oh, that makes it felt. You know, that's my memories fading me now. That, <laughs> yeah, me too. That's uh, what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a while. I apologize, man. I, uh, oof, you know, there's, there, you know, going back, you know, you, you talk about because you really bring me back to the day where um, playing those clubs and and with those alongside a lot of those emerging thrash bands. And when I say emerging, people don't realize that in the mid to late '80s, thrash was uh, slash was ramping up. You know, right. um, yeah, you had you had Metallica's Kill 'Em All and, and Killing Is My Business and all that, and Peace Cells came out. And but um, you know, to play alongside and tour with bands like Death Angel and Exodus and Nuclear Assault and Overkill um, and Pantera, I mean, th those were some of the most memorable memorable times and shows that um, you ask any of the other members of the band, and they'll they'll tell you, man, it was just. It, in hindsight and retrospect, you're just you're just blown away when you think about it now because you knew something incredible was happening, mm. but um, and you knew it was special, man. You you knew it was something inside you said this is this is big or this is going to be big and this is going to leave a lasting impression. There's no doubt, but you just didn't know how big, you know, and right. um, and it was, uh, you know, and I look back upon it now, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was just the, the greatest time. And, and, and again, like you mentioned, there were, there were so many great bands that we had the pleasure of sharing the bill with. Um, it really it really was an honor. And, we, and to this day, we're, we're proud to have done that. Hmm. Well, I've got friends that remember that time period way better than I do. So I'll ask them <laughs> and get back to you. Um, where did Eric move to and why? 
Um, Eric is in Cyprus over in the Mediterranean. So um, he he lives over there because of um, uh, his his wife has family there. When he got married, uh, they moved out over there and he has a uh, he runs a, an, an Internet business. And um, I guess probably that locale was one of the best spots for him. Um, so he's been there for many a number of years. And I, and I don't think. Uh, I think the move was purely based on family decisions at the time, because back when he moved many, many years, I don't know, it was 20 years ago now, he uh, he made that move based solely on family and um, with no intent. At that time, we weren't, we weren't discussing any reunions or anything of that, although the topic came up every now and then. We would uh, we would give each other a hard time about, hey, we really should reunite and do an album that's been going on for the longest time. Uh, it just took longer than we thought, you know. And you you wouldn't do the album without him, right? No, 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 no. He's uh, he's uh, so Dennis, Eric, and I are are uh, you know obviously three original members. There was Gary DeGay on drums who did the first two albums with us, and is still a friend of ours and lives locally to uh, Dennis and myself here in Connecticut. Um, then uh, we recruited Dave Campo on bass, who is a, a friend back from when we started as a cover band. He was right along there with us. He was playing in his own bands. He roadied for us back in the day. And it was only a natural fit when we decided to add a bass player and, and just have Dennis handle the vocal duties. Um, Dave was the natural um, progression to include him in the band. And he's been a tremendous and valuable asset for us. Um, and he's a, he's a key component. As you can tell, probably we get a lot of feedback on the bass lines on this album to tell people, yeah. oh, I love that I could hear the bass lines and I love that, you know, the bass has got these great riffs going on. And that's all a testament to uh, Dave's playing and his skill, you know. Well, you screwed my next question. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, give Eric big props. It, it takes it takes a lot of balls to live in Cyprus of all places on the planet and and uh you know make that thing happen so well so well so my next yeah. question is uh do you ever want to kick billy milano's ass <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the funny backstory about billy milano from, from from what i remember anyway and mm -hmm. i and i haven't seen him in i mean quite a number of years so i um we used to play in Long Island, New York, at a place called the uh, Sundance. It was in Bayshore, oh, yeah. Long Island, and many gigs out there. And uh, what a great time! And who who else would be in the audience but Billy Milano? Uh, almost every time we played, he he would be in the crowd watching us play. Come up, we'd hang out. And uh, I remember back in the day, and we were big SOD fans, as I'm sure you guys are. And, uh, man, we had some good times. And then, um, obviously, uh, um, SOD uh, disbanded, became MOD, and, and, and you know the story from there. But I, um, I haven't seen or heard from him. I know Eric has reached out to him and uh, in an effort to try and put together some shows and whatnot. But uh, I don't think he, I think he kind of fell off the radar with us. So I'm, I'm not sure you got any inside Intel on him. Um, no. I, I think he's gained a couple of pounds yeah. other than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, personally, I love Billy. <clears throat> I've met him yeah. a few times and, and uh, you know, the last album didn't do much for me, but don't tell him that because, yeah. well, I live in Minneapolis. You can tell. <laughs> my last question is, and and let me tell you uh, my personal opinion on uh, terrible things is is 
Um, I think I posted it somewhere, but all killer, no filler. This album is my album of the year for so far this year. Yeah. And I absolutely, I crank it. I crank it with the top down. I crank it with the top up. I crank it in my bathtub. I crank it everywhere. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of you guys for coming back so, so fucking full tilt on this thing, man. Because it, and the production, you know, I like that old grimy, greasy, plasmatics, Ramones production. But this album sounds like it should sound. And you did a really good job, man. Wow, thank you. Uh, again, that's a, a humbling comp- a compliment. And, uh, and again, a testament, I think, to, you know, I, I give a nod to all the other guys in the band because they all, you know, every single one of us really put our heart and soul into this record. And, and we, um, you know, it was recorded at a, a Dexter's Lab studio here. It's a local studio headed up by Nick Belmore, who who is the drummer for uh, – uh, D. Snyder and um, Jamie Josta, Josta's um, uh, solo band. Uh, he was the engineer behind the board and um, and helped produce it or produced it. And uh, so, you know, I give a big nod to Nick uh, Nicky Belmore at Dexter's Lab for doing that, and uh, he did a great job. Yeah, cool. yeah definitely hear every instrument very clear. Yeah, I like how you can hear everything. I got one more question yeah. for you. Go ahead. Do you know why so many Italians are named Tony? <laughs> Does this have why? to do with the, the, the no, two this New York? No, just say why. Okay. <laughs> All right, why? You ruined my joke, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody else, it's because they came over and they all had tags that said two New York. Okay, thank two you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real funny. Oh. <laughs> I got it. I still got it. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. Uh, well, you answered my question about the, who produced it, so that kind of ruined that one. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, any new bands that you like that are out now? Oh, new bands. Um, I got to tell you, uh, it's, it's hard because out of all the guys in the band, um, all the other guys are, are, are really – um, in tune with the latest and greatest and follow kind of the, the newer, newer bands coming out and, and uh, the hottest stuff out there. But I have always been like the classic metal guy in the band. Okay. I mean, I can't stop listening to um, my old school Accept and my new, I, you know, I'm a big Accept fan. I'm a huge fan of German metal, um, except the Scorpions and whatnot. But uh, the, um, Except our, our my boys, as I would say, and, and I'd love to tour with them. That's that would be one of my dream tours. But uh, yeah, um, newer artists, um, man. You you know what I've been trying to get into lately. Uh, I don't know what your guys thought on this, but somebody uh, gave me uh, or told me, hey, check out the new check out Ghost, and I and I and I, I, I so oh, he's got the shirt on. That's awesome. So. I got to tell you, because I had only seen Ghost in photos and never heard their music up until about like six months ago. Um, and I I said, all right. And I so I had this probably I had this mental image of because of what I saw that I figured I figured that what their music would be. I, I, I kind of, you know, imagine oh, it's going to be really demonic or out of the gate crazy. <laughs> And I put the album on. The, is it uh, Meloria? Is that what it's called? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah like Meloria. That. 
And um, I started listening to that, and I was like, what the hell am I listening to? You know, and it, it really threw me in left field the first time out. But I'll tell you, I, after a couple of rounds, I said, i got to give this a chance. Um, it did grow on me a bit. I do like it. So I've been listening to them a little bit and um, trying to, trying to you know, shift my focus from, uh, from just the old school stuff to try and embrace some of the newer things coming out. Yeah, on their, actually on their first album, they do have kind of like an old, like a Blue Oyster Cult kind of uh, sound, like a little old uh, Merciful Fate, too. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that's correct. And I hear a little bit of Sabbathy stuff in their riffs yeah, every is. now and then. And uh, so, which is cool because I'm an old school Sabbath fan. But uh, yeah, so it's, you know, yeah, but I, listen, I, I put on old, I put on the metal, <laughs> uh, metal station and I listen to anything that pops up and just, just to keep me going and get influence off of whether it's old, new, um, you know, I like to give everything a chance. Yeah. Very cool. Um, album so you versus were... album, real quick. Album versus what? album. Uh, uh, Restless and Wild or Balls to the Wall? Uh, for me, it's Balls to the Wall. Um, right. I, I have to tell you, I um, that album, uh, I had that album on vinyl, and I still have that copy, believe it or not. I bought it as a young kid, and I can't tell you the countless hours I spent um, – you know, do you know what it's like back in the day when you're learning to play guitar and you're trying to learn it off vinyl because there's no, you know, there's no, even on, even when cassettes were out, that was a big breakthrough because you could at least stop and rewind. I, you know, it's like you're trying to do something on vinyl and it was, it was terrible. You have to move the needle. But, uh, yeah, balls to the wall for me was, um, was probably the the bigger breakthrough. I mean, I love that's one of those albums I could literally put on, listen front to back every single song and not get tired of it. It just and uh, Wolf Hoffman's soloing on that record was just incredible. Metal Heart is the same way with me, so yeah, that's a good one. So, do you prefer vinyl or CD, or are you a digital guy now, or what? Yeah, I, I've I've adapted to the digital stuff. Do oh, I do I definitely God. hear? <laughs> do I hear the difference in the in the sound? Yeah. Um, yes, I do notice it. Um, as a tone purist, and you're you know as a guitar player, you're always seeking the best tone possible. So I do recognize it. However, for for ease and convenience, right. it's almost like you're forced into that yeah. um, that just to, you know everything's right here in your phone, and uh, you know even my doggone amplifiers for my guitar i could literally plug into this is how i practice now is through my oh, wow. phone with a, with a set of headphones wow. and i can load up a song and jam along with it and it's insane so it's almost by default that i've been forced into that that corner what do you use on your phone that, that has uh, amps uh like positive grid uh, i'm oh, using good. positive grid uh bias and uh, jam up pro it's uh pretty pretty killer i like it oh wow hmm. that's interesting well, you are a pro, so oh, nah. I have to go hardly, first. but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I'd say by now you're a pro. You're, <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> um, Greg, anything else? Nope. Yeah, I'm no, good. That's it, really. Yeah. Wow. Other than everybody should buy this album. <laughs> yeah, and they like should. ten copies of it, <laughs> because you know. New York's all right if you like saxophones, but we'd really like to see Hank in Minneapolis. No shit. Now we're gonna have to go to we're gonna have to go to Illinois, Dragon Man. We're gonna go to that show in September. Are you? That'd be awesome. Yeah. 
So if we hit you up, we can uh, we can say hi, huh? Absolutely, man. We look forward to hanging with you guys. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to mention a couple other things uh, that I, I didn't mention. I, I talked about most of the guys in the band, if you don't mind. I want to mention our drummer, Kyle Shepard, who, uh, oh, who, yeah, who came in for the Black Curse Serenade album. And just, a, just a really talented young guy. I mean, what a great player and, a, and, a, and an old soul. Great addition to the band, really. Um, he fits right in with us. Um, also, I want to thank you guys because um, I, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, look to the bands who create the music, but none of this would matter if it wasn't for guys like yourselves who, who really fly the flag for uh, heavy metal and thrash metal and and um, and give it the reviews and give it the airtime and and spread the word because without fans and and guys like yourselves. Uh, you know, it would make our job nearly impossible. I mean, as difficult as it is in this day of, of illegal downloading and record sales have been pretty much obliterated. What keeps us alive is uh, people like yourself spreading the word. So um, from, from our band to you guys, is thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks for the great music, yeah. man. And I did think of one more thing, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so we don't know where Billy Milano is. However, a bass battle between Dave and Danny Lilker would be pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that would be. I, I think Dave will take him. <laughs> Honestly, I think so. Yeah. yeah Dave's, I mean, Dave's got a lot of uh, technique in his playing, which I like. You know, he knows he, he plays very tastefully and he knows when and when not to not to play, which is uh, the true sign of a, of a seasoned uh, musician or seasoned player. So he's he's got that down. My last word is the fiscal rec video. Here's to you, man. Here's to the 50-year-old still fucking ripping up old houses, man. <laughs> Wasn't I that awesome, that. man? I love that. I wish I could have been yep. in that crowd with you, man. That Where was, was that, uh... Uh... my sledgehammer. <laughs> that was an old-fashioned like keg party, man. We just invited a bunch of people, and that actually was filmed in uh, Dave's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it brought me back to the old days, and I, I appreciate that. Awesome, thanks, thanks again. Well, that's cool. Everybody got it's all together. Historic. That's cool. Everybody came together for the video, huh? Yeah, you know, so we uh, it was, it was a lot of old school friends and um, and fans from back in the day, and we just kind of gave an open invite to anybody in the area, and we uh, we had a good RSVP, and they all showed up, and and just it was just a it was just a fun afternoon of filming and beer drinking, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that was most of the most of you guys like getting to. Did you know you were going to get together, or was it kind of like people were already, you know, uh, here? Like, yeah, because I know everybody's, you know, from different places now. So was everybody already coming to you guys to record, I mean, to film, or did you do that like after yeah, you recorded so, or something? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, that was right around the time we were mixing the album. Okay. So Eric Eric had flown in to do the mixing, and because uh, we all wanted to be in the same room, because there is a certain point where you want to get back together as a band right. and, and be in the same room with that creative process to some degree, yeah. you know, um, you know, Dennis, uh, myself and Dave and Kyle, you know, we all recorded here in, uh, in Connecticut at Dexter's lab and Eric actually laid down his guitar tracks in Cyprus and they were, 
they were sent over to be added into ours. And then, but however, in the final mix, we were all together in the same room. Um, we still try to adhere to that formula so that we could, um, we could all have collective input at that mm. point. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So how is it being a fireman? <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great job. You know, I, I got to tell you, I've been on the job. Um, September will be 26 years for me as a, wow. uh, as a firefighter. Awesome. And, uh, uh, how thank many you. cats is that? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of cats out of the tree, yeah. <laughs> were, were, you, were you involved with like 9-11 or anything when that all uh, happened? You know, Dennis, our, uh, the singer, he, he went down to New York for 9-11. I was away on a cruise in the Caribbean when 9-11 happened. And uh, I woke up to the uh, the cruise director over the loudspeaker saying, turn on your TV. There's been a, a terror attack in the United States. And and I got to tell you, for me personally, as a uh, as a rescue professional, I I never felt more disconnected in my life. You know, I, all I wanted to do was get on a plane and get back home. Yeah. You know, shittiest to, uh, vacation ever, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was tough, you know, and uh, and believe it or not, I proposed to my wife the night before. Thank God I did it oh, that wow. night. You know, I didn't wait another night. So um, that kind of that was a bit of a buzzkill. But, um, you know, luckily, as soon as I got back to Miami and, uh, you know, when I got off the ship and, and they, they found out I was a firefighter, they literally put me on the first plane when they opened the airspace and they flew me back into New York because I was going in. Mm. And uh, so that was pretty amazing. But uh, but, yeah, Dennis was literally down on the pile digging. So uh, he he wow. spent time down there. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, hopefully he uh, he's, he ends up being all right because you know so many people, you know, got a lot of terrible things from all the smoke and everything from that whole thing. Yeah, we know oh, we know quite okay. a few we know quite a few guys uh, personally that uh, suffered the consequences of that, and unfortunately, really? uh, so we'll keep our fingers crossed, you know, and hopefully, you know, it won't have any effect on anyone else. But you know, yeah. So. Well, well if you never had respect for fucking uh, Dennis before, you got it now, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry for bringing that show down now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And yeah, really thanks, love the man. album. And, uh, oh, uh, the older albums, do you plan on ever reissuing them or or what? Anything? Yes. Going on with them? They, they were reissued uh, in 2010. Uh, so okay. Dark Symphonies, I think it is, uh, did the uh, remaster and reissue of uh, Razorback and The Visitor. So those are available. Uh, I believe it's darksymphonies.com. You can find those. Okay. All right. Yep. Cool. How the fuck would you remaster that? It was perfect the way it was. Well, you know, I think the only thing he did was, um, I, I think he kind of, uh, they, they may have, the, the remastering was very minor. It's nothing noticeable that you're going to put it on and go, oh, you know, they, they kind of made it too bright. It's not. They actually did it justice. And I, I think you guys, if you listen to one of the remasters, you won't be disappointed. Um, we, we did convey that to him. Like, look, the purity of the original discs, are, I think, are part of the magic. So don't mess with it in, to that degree. And the guy was like, no, we're not going to do that. We just want to maybe 
um, uh, brighten up a couple of things. I was like, let, let me hear. So we gave it a listen. We didn't see anything wrong with it. And we, we haven't heard any negativity on that. So mm-hmm. uh, me and Dragon still got the original vinyl. So we're going to stick with that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. 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 It was reissued on vinyl as well. So um, in, on limited edition colored vinyl. And uh, mm. so there's, there's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> out there. Mm, let me think about that. <laughs> Is the new one on vinyl too? The new album on, on uh, vinyl too? Um, not as of yet. Okay. Not not yet, but uh, I think we may at some point consider that. We'll see how the sales go, and uh, if demand uh, dictates that, we, we'll consider it. Make it available in like a 500 run limited edition for just the Illinois show. So me and Dragon, he'll buy 250. I'll buy 250. <laughs> yeah. We'll stock up. <laughs> I wish everybody was as dedicated as you guys. We'd be in a much better place. <laughs> I think there's more dedicated fans than you know, man. Uh, that's good to hear. It always is. Yeah. You know, and we're, and we're always really surprised that every show we get out to, um, we, we, were, we did a show in um, New York City at St. Vitus. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, remember, I remember getting off stage and a guy walks up to me with the Razorback on, with Razorback on cassette and like sticks it right in my face and says, this, this cassette means I can't tell you how much this, and with his heavy Spanish or Latin American accent, South American accent, I can't tell you how much this means to me. I came from South America and I see you guys play. And I, 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 I was just speechless. I, you know, I got to tell you all the guys were like, you got to be kidding me. And and the guy's like, no, because I've had this since I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, we're always just blown away by um, how far reaching, you know, our music has become because we we were just a group of like nutty teenagers, you know, recording music that made us happy. And uh, and the fact that it had this lasting impact and there's people out there still who to this day covet that that sound and that music is again is is, is incredibly humbling and um, and we're so appreciative for it. They just gave me shivers, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Real cool. Well, I can't wait to get the old albums and uh, really go through your discography because I really like the new album and I'm going to like everything else. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah. and if you guys do make it out to the Illinois show, man, we're going to hang and have a good time. <laughs> awesome. We'll be there. That sounds like an invitation. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. For Anthony coming on and go buy his new album. Um, do you have a website? Yes. So um, we try to uh, look us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash INC metal. Um, we do um, post all of our band news on there. We also have a website, incband.com. That's also in the process of being updated. And uh, there is a, a worldwide Friends of Indestructible Noise Command page. You can find that link off of the INC uh, Facebook page. So p- please join uh, both Facebook pages and follow us. And we'll be posting any tour dates, any, um, any video updates, or any, any band news on those, uh, on those social media sites. And we'll keep everybody informed. Awesome. I've been pimping your shit for weeks now, and and uh, it's all over my personal page. I think you actually might have said hi at one point, so yeah. I'm gonna keep doing that, man, because oh. this is the album of 2019 so far. Yeah, I think so too. Wow, yeah. me too. 
Thank you again. That's a, a, a humbling and generous compliment. And it's a, believe me, on behalf of all the guys in the band, we do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. We mean it. Killer. Right. Killer. <laughs> see ya. Oh yeah. And we will post, uh, you know, whenever I see you guys post stuff, I will post it on our uh, Facebook and our Twitter and all the other stuff that we have. So people will uh, definitely know what you guys got going on. That's awesome. Right. Thank you. Thank you again. No problem. Hey, do you go by Tony or Anthony now? Hey, listen, either one, because, uh, you know, uh, Ever since I was a kid, it's like my family, it was, it was Anthony, Anthony, and my, my friends were Tony, Tony. And to this day, you know, I got one guy on the left calling me Anthony, the other guy's calling me Tony. So I, whatever you guys are good with, I'm all right. I'm going to call you Ant. Ant, that's good. That's what Dennis and Eric call me, Ant. <laughs> Ant, go get your guitar. Come on, we got to rehearse. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, good luck on the album, and Thanks, uh, good Tony. luck on your tour and your shows. And Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you Thanks again. Thanks for having me on the show. It's much appreciated. Yep, no problem. See you, Have Ant. a good night. Yeah. Have, Have a good, good night. night, man. See you. you too. Bye. <clears throat> All right, very cool. Oh, good album, right? Fucking yeah. Yeah. album. Fucking hey, this album is amazing. Yeah, really cool guy, too. Really nice. I'm glad we had him on. Yeah, me too. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, you uh, suggested it because I, I know. I'm what? still surprised that you can get cool ass artists like that on this show. All yeah, you gotta me do is too, message him and, and <laughs> you just got to message him and hope that they write you back. And he did. He was a very nice guy. So. Even, even though it's just me, you, Wayne, and Mezzi that watch the videos, they still come on. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the Dan Mezzendahl, by the way. Mezzi! Yep. Yes, thanks for watching, Dan. Well, there's other people that watch, too. There got to be other people that watch, because when I go back and look at our views, there's always uh, you know, a good amount of views watching it, so... That's basically my pussy posse. No, there's other people too. It's not just your people. Oh my god, um, keep that in. Keep that in. God damn. One, one <laughs> way. It's, it's not sexy without the dollar, but uh DJ Juice. Yeah, there's a uh there's a lady I work with though that watches it every week. It's kinda neat. Um she went through I don't know, I I guess it's still technically a midlife crisis, even though she's like 58, 60. But um, her her boss um, killed himself and murdered his wife. What's up, Juice? Hold on a second, Greg. Yeah. Hold on a second, Step Greg. In. DJ Juice is here. There you go. <laughs> Love this, man. Get him some juice. Let's go. <laughs> but, um, so she wasn't working her regular job or whatever. I don't know. She was just real distraught and she was talking about looking for something to occupy her time. So yeah. I just gave her the link and I was like, well, it'll make you laugh if nothing else. But hmm. she's actually been listening to some of the albums and likes oh, them. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. It's pretty neat. <laughs> Is she a metal person well, at all or no? Not really. Wow. What, what uh, job? I, I think her favorite band's like Poco or some shit like that. What the hell's that? Steve Lukather, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I was just guessing, man. That was a total guess. 
Yeah. Woo! Dude, Lucather was in like all those bands. <laughs> That's that was why it was an easy guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like the soft rock guitar guy. Thank you, my brother. No problem. No problem. There's too right. much on this. It was almost at the end. I had to shake it. I'm just kidding. Oh, right. <laughs> he's, he's gonna have to go out. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna have to go out and go get another uh, another can of that stuff. Can, can, whatever. I, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, only only fresh squeezed container Johnny's. <laughs> yeah, fresh squeezed Minnesota oranges. You make them squeeze it too. <laughs> don't just say go get me another container of orange juice. Now you make them go buy oranges and squeeze them. That's, That's funny. Tough. You call it a container. That's terrible. Well, what else is it called? I called the can two seconds ago. So, what? What a bottle! What? What do they call it in the Minneapolis? Oh wow! You remembered our name. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 very humbled by that remembrance of our. How would I forget? What do they we call it? We got a box of juice. A box of juice. It's like a box of wine. It's stupid. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right, you wanted uh, since we didn't. What's that? A foot? <laughs> since last week, you didn't have your uh, Uncle Saxon story time. You want? Oh to shit! Uh, I gave you some time. You, well, I was all prepared last week when we were talking about Ozzy. And oh, the, um, so I'm just gonna go with that. But go ahead, Noggle. What, what'd you I have was going to say, since it happened in between this, make sure you cut out the part where I talked about uh, my co-worker's other boss and shit being murdered. That's not cool. I can't. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm, I can't. Don't make me erase that. Yeah. Oh, that's oh on you. Man. Yeah, that really is. That's well, not easy to we cut that out. we were still doing the show. I thought it was just the interview. No. It says Shane is recording the call. Still recording. Well, that's it. I didn't end the show. I didn't say good, good night to everybody. I just well, either said way, good you night to cut Tony. That out. Come on. She don't care. She don't watch. She don't really watch. She's just telling you she watches. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Tell, tell you. Story. Tell you sorry. Is Nobody this where my intro is. comes in? Yeah. I don't have the music on here. I'll do it right now <coughs> on the podcast. Everybody gather round! It's time for Stories with Uncle Saxon! The year was 1986. I was a 17-year-old punk rock thrash crossover maniac. And I met this girl named Wendy, who is the most irritating female uh, that I'd met up from that time. She was about five foot tall, long blonde hair. She was cute. I'll give her that. But she was this irritating hanger on. And she always said, you want to know something? I'm a virgin. You want to know something? This and that. You want to know something? You want to know something? And you just wanted to uh, not hang out with her. Except mm-hmm. she was so cute. Mm-hmm. So one night, uh, me and her brother and her brother's girlfriend were down on East River Road. And there's this uh, distribution 
area right next to the train tracks. And every now and then we'd go down there and we'd hop up at the docks and the, the truckers would get in all tired at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and say, yeah, kid, I'll give you 20 bucks to unload my truck. And we'd do it, you know, because oh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Scared me there for a second. Uh, yeah, well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Well, this particular night was was crappy, and uh, the truckers just weren't coming in. So me and Wendy went across the, the, the uh, it wasn't an interstate, it wasn't a highway, it was a very busy road, East River Road. And we went down into uh, this, and Noggle, you'll, I pointed this out to you, this area of, uh, Park Preserve, let's call it, right down by the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And, well, as a 17-year-old is wont to do to a, a cute little girl that won't shut her mouth, we end up um, doing things. Anyways, it started raining, and we got full of mud, and we're covered in mud, and we get done doing things, and we go back, and we're covered in mud, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next day, I wake up, and I'm covered in poison ivy. From head, to feet, to arms, to legs, to, oh, God. to, the, to the cockles, to the subcockle region. Oh, man. To the subcockle region, I was covered oh, in poison ivy. So, um, a couple of nights oh, before that, me and my buddy Jeff had met these girls, and we were supposed to meet them on 20th and Central over Northeast and getting their limo to go to the Aussie show. I wasn't getting in that limo that night, brothers. No. I was I was I was uh I was uh Rocky Dennis incarnate. It was a bad, bad scene. So I called up some other people that I knew were going to the show and I avoided my entire crowd and I sat by myself for the entire Aussie shows. I'm covering calamine and itching, you know, my nether regions. Yeah. And uh, everybody else went to the Thunderbird afterwards and got laid by really hot rocker chicks. And I just went back to Northeast and crawled in my little tube in Jackson Park and pitied myself for the next uh, two, three days until my poison ivy was gone. Oh. So, yeah. There's that. There's your favorite uncle's Saxon's true life and sometimes embarrassingly horrible story of the day now did wendy get poison ivy yeah she did and i never saw her again thank god (laughs) that is not true i've got there's an appendix to that fucking story but i'm not going to go into it (laughs) we had the we all okay fuck it the the amfac hotel presidential suite in downtown minneapolis at the time the most luxurious suite or the luxurious hotel was called the Amfac. I'm not sure what that stands for, but on the 33rd and 34th floors, you had to have a key for the elevator just to get on those floors. And somehow, well, I know all, but I'm not going to go into it. We got the elevator key and the presidential suite hotel key. And so I met up with Wendy again, and we got busy on uh, in a De La Salle minibus and it's like, okay, it's really cold. You know, I've got some place we can go. And we walked downtown the whole six blocks. And we went up to the Amfac. And so we're doing what we do up in the Amfac and the presidential suite. And it was a two-story 
two-story suite. So you come in, and then you could go upstairs, and that's where the bedrooms were, and downstairs was the bar and the entertainment, you know, for, right. you know, big VIPs. Yeah. So we're up there, and it's like, okay, I'm setting the alarm clock for 5 o'clock because we got to get out of here before any maids come or anybody, anybody, you know, comes and finds us out because that was kind of our our standard, hey, if you use the Ampac, you got to be out by 5 because, you know, the, the uh, housekeepers come in and and do what they do mm. so we fall asleep afterwards and all of a sudden wah, 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 jump out of bed run downstairs it was just the alarm clock that was going off we thought it was a fire alarm because it was so loud <laughs> anyways that was the last time i saw wendy and um, i'm proud to say that uh that was the last time i was at the actually am at the amfag i got some other amfag stories i could tell you about yeah Funny right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was your Uncle Saxon story of the week with bonus story. Yeah, bonus content. Nice. And one B. I'm gonna have to extend the uh, music now. Damn. That was long. All right. Anything else? Oh, Greg, do you want to talk about the? We were gonna talk about it last week, but we didn't. The um, Tony Martin thing, the Black Sabbath thing. Uh, no. I don't even want to get into that right now. Right, well, I gotta get up at five. <laughs> fuck you too, then. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we know Wayne's wearing Ghost and Dragon's wearing Beavis the Butthead, and I'm wearing the Almighty Charged GBH. Never heard of it. I the, I've, seen, I've, seen the, I've seen the logo, but I never heard. Anyway. Adios. Alright, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Oh, and uh, thanks again for Anthony for coming on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go buy his album. And buy buy that album. You will not regret it. I promise you. I double promise you. And Greg? Oh, I promise. No, triple promise. He he fucked everything up. (laughs) I know. Adios, amigos. Amigas. If any women watch, I doubt it. Oh, wait, no. Greg's uh, co worker watches the one that got murdered husband. Oh, right. thanks. <laughs> <laughs>